Calcutta, May 1757. She should head back. Mina knew she would pay for being outside the palace one way or another, certainly if Abhishek had anything to do with it. Even the sun seemed to glare at her as she watched it glint off the giant white sails bobbing up the Hoogli River. But she also knew that she was staying put, as she had done the day before and the day before that. She stood on the bridge in the middle of Calcutta watching, only taking her eyes off the British's ships to briefly observe how her hands were darkening in the midday sun. She pictured her father's curled lip, disgusted at the sight of her walnut hue. But this image did not last long. Barely a thought tripped across Mina's mind at all as she watched the sails go by. All she could think about was where the ships had come from, where they might be going next, and what those who travelled on them had seen. When she was younger, Mina's aunt Kiran used to take her for trips to the shore. These excursions were few and far between. The journey to the coast from their home in Murshidabad was long and her father did not like her leaving the palace with anyone, let alone with Kiran. But she treasured those visits. She loved the delicate dance of the waves building, lulling you in closer, concealing the mighty force that lay beneath its foamy surface. And the smell. She wished she could bottle the heady saline scent and the way its decadence overwhelmed her senses. Kiran had often told her of the beach back at her home, down south in Madras where the sea gleamed turquoise and the scrawny fishermen were loaded down with their catches by sunset. Mina could have sworn she could smell that scent again when she saw the ships. Mina had missed the luxuries of home since leaving Murshidabad for Calcutta. One benefit, however, was that the usual detail of guards were busy now that war with the British was on the horizon. There were apparently some slight benefits to be gained from the city shifting between the British and her father's hands, like some shiny bauble. A land to be conquered. Though she had thought conquest was only for kings, not traders. And yet, the commercial heart of her father's kingdom, its trade hub, had for several decades been in the hands of foreigners. That was the case until her father was sufficiently slighted by their arrogance. It was one thing to act like you ran a city. It was quite another to build forts to defend it from its rightful owners. Whether such arrogance was sufficiently a reason for war was another question, though she had heard plenty about the damage the British East India Company had wrought down south. She made the most of the reduced supervision and would often steal away and linger on the bridge overlooking the dock, watching the ships go by, clad in her plainest clothes and the sludge-brown cloak that Mina had lifted a while back from her handmaid Binita when she wasn't looking. She would scuttle through the palace, having feigned melancholy or headache that would naturally leave her bed-bound, and then out the kitchen back door she would sneak. She hoped that she looked insignificant enough to those that cared to look, perhaps a servant girl dawdling on her way back from the market. 
Mina drew her veil closer as it flickered in the breeze, briefly exposing her as she watched the rush of men piling in and out of their boats. The docks were always chaotic. She grabbed absent-mindedly at the tiny shoots of grass growing in between the cracks of the bridge's stone slabs as she stood transfixed, watching the ships glide through the waves. The thin, straggly weeds bent under the force of her grasp. Men from all corners of the world disembarked the ships with a similar ebb and flow. Some were truly just boys, even younger than Mina, walking with false swagger, a rehearsed ease in the swing of their limbs.